This is Down to Freight, the podcast for enterprise supply chain, logistics, transportation, and warehousing professionals. We capture stories from industry experts who share their lessons learned and business outcomes from their technology investments. If you want to make the most out of your technology initiatives, tune in to uncover what it takes to evaluate and deploy IT projects with minimal hiccups to reduce your total cost of ownership. Down to Freight is hosted by Vector. Welcome to the Down to Freight podcast, where we sit down with transportation, logistics, and supply chain subject matter experts to discuss digital transformation projects. I'm the host of the show, Francis Adanza, and it's a pleasure to welcome Mari Roberts, Vice President of Transportation to Frito-Lay. Mari, thank you for joining today's episode. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Do you mind taking a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, and what you're responsible for at Frito-Lay? Yeah, sure thing. So I've been with Frito-Lay for 21 and a half years, which is kind of crazy to say out loud, but I've spent most of that time all in transportation, both in field operations roles, as well as region support type roles, and also corporate roles, just dealing with national transportation logistics and kind of bounce back and forth between field operations and corporate roles. And uh, the role that I have now, fortunately for me, is the best of both worlds. So we do have all of our field operations. So we have 28 traffic centers located across the U.S., that handles about 78% of all of our outbound volume. So I've got the large field operations team. We have 2,020 over-the-road drivers, as well as about 265 non-CDL drivers who drive uh, bulk trucks in our operations. So that's the bulk of the team. And uh, the most important people, I would argue, first and foremost, are all the drivers. And then we also have the carrier operations team that manages all the third party, which is the outsource to the other 22%. So overall, we're responsible for shipping over 980 million cases of products. So almost 1 billion cases of Frito-Lay snacks that we're responsible for getting from all of our manufacturing facilities out into the market for all of you and all your listeners to buy. That's awesome. Sounds like you're dealing with a very small operation over there. Just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Cool. Well, thank you for providing that context. I'm pretty sure most people are familiar with the Frito-Lay brand, but you touched a little bit on your supply chain. Can you provide a little bit more detail as to how the supply chain works to get from the products that you make into our the consumer's hands? Yeah, good question. So there's a couple different ways that we go to market. And for those that are familiar with Frito-Lay's go-to-market or DSD, direct sales delivery system, we do have an army of amazing sales representatives out on our sales team. So I think there's over 16,000, if I'm correct on that number, that are out in the market that are servicing the stores every day. And so we own the product all the way through until it's purchased out the front door by the consumers. So those sales team will place orders for their particular stores. And then those orders get aggregated to either distribution centers that are local in their areas. And then those distribution centers then aggregate orders to the manufacturing facilities. So then our role in transportation is to get all of the product that's coming out of our manufacturing facilities into those respective distribution centers. And then the distribution centers will then pick all of the product at the route level and the store level. And then our sales team takes the product from there out into the market. We also have a direct go-to-market where over the road drivers will take 
product directly from some of our picking locations just to bypass that middle inventory direct to store too. So we do a little bit of everything to get the product out to market. So it really just depends on what's the most efficient way to get to market in that particular geography. And what I will tell you is Frito-Lay has a very strong continuous improvement culture. And so we reserve the right to continue to refine and get more efficient on how do we go to market and be able to respond and be agile to what our consumers are needing from us. Thanks for that overview. That really helps. So on the lines of efficiency, as you know, we're here to talk about technology projects. Is there a recent project or something that you're currently working on that you'd like to share? Yeah, great question. And of course, we all love data, right? We all love our technology. Sometimes we have too much of it and a challenge to figure out how to turn all the data into usable information. But the most recent and uh, probably applicable to a lot of the listeners here is our yard management project. So really trying to connect end to end, both from our manufacturing facilities to have visibility to inbound raw materials, as well as our warehouse operations team for empty trailers and looking for specific SKUs and line items that are coming in inbound and really just trying to manage our yards a little bit more efficiently. So maybe airing a little bit of dirty laundry here. Most people probably would have assumed a company like Frito-Lay already had a very robust yard management system. So we have had a lot of different technologies and local or homegrown systems, and we're really trying to take a more holistic enterprise approach to how we're managing And so there's blessings and curses. I think that come with large companies or smaller companies. I think when you're a small company, you can move very quickly on those types of technology projects. But when you're a little bigger like ours, sometimes it takes a little longer to get organized and to be able to find companies that can scale to the needs of what we're looking for. So yeah, that's been a pretty exciting one for us that we've been working on in 2021. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like yard management solutions are becoming a priority these days. It seemed like you had one or like a combination of commercial as well as homegrown. So ultimately, what was a big vision for the yard management solution that you finally decided to roll out? Yeah. So honestly, you know, from the seat that I sit in, I would love, especially during, you know, all the challenges and the headwinds that supply chain is just facing in general, right? Both in the US and global. I would love to be able to log in and just get a very quick executive summary status report on how all of our facilities are operating. What does our load readiness look like? How many loads are ready for pickup? How many loads are completed and have not been picked up either by our own internal private fleet or by a third party carrier? And then how can we also leverage that visibility to become a better shipper and to be a shipper of choice to enable our carrier partners to be able to have a more smooth and efficient supply chain? So that for us was really the decision on wanting to get to some scale and centralization to be able to just get a good gauge as opposed to being able to tap into all of those individual locations and a lot of manual processes. I can definitely see why that was important to the business. As you evaluated solutions, like what were some of the key capabilities or requirements that you were looking for? Yeah, good question. We had quite a few, but I think the first, there was multiple within the yard is the visibility and being able to integrate the technology that you're using, whether it's RFID or GPS, those were kind of big considerations we looked at on how do you even know what's in your yard to begin with? And then what some of the options were in terms of checking in and checking out. What was that 
process looked like? How easy was the interface for our team members to be able to use? And then you also have the element of optimizing the yard moves themselves. So in our industry, we call them hostlers, shunters, yard jockeys, yard dogs. You know, we call them a lot of different things, but it's the folks that move all the trailers within the yard and in and out of all the dock doors that we were also looking for a technology solution to be able to optimize the moves. So our warehouse coordinators could say, here are all the moves we need to make. And then using distance algorithms, being able to optimize, like, how do we make those yard controllers the most efficient? So I think that was probably one big criteria we looked at. The other one we really liked was the integration of track and trace technology. So it's one thing if you have third-party carriers able to come in and schedule dock appointments, but with as many variables as we all encounter every day, being able to have a live rolling ETA or just that live track and trace integrated into our yard management system for our warehouse to be able to see what was planned to come in, but actually what was scheduled to come in were usually two different things. So I think those were probably the two biggest requirements that we were looking for in the solution that we were implementing. That makes a lot of sense. From Vector, we bring you Down to Freight, the podcast for supply chain, logistics, transportation, and warehousing professionals. Tune in to listen to industry experts as we explore the lessons they learned, business outcomes, and technology initiatives. Just search for Down to Freight on your favorite podcast channels. So in terms of where you're at in the deployment, are you starting to see the impact on the business? And if so, how are you measuring that before and after? Yeah, so we're pretty early with this new, I don't know if I want to call it a pilot because we're intending it to be a lead site. We wanted to implement this one first, anticipating that this was technology or a solution we wanted to proceed with. But of course, with any implementation, you're going to work through some of the bugs before we decide, you know, is this going to work for us to scale? I think some of the initial results have been very positive in terms of user interface, very user-friendly And just the visibility that all of our teams have. So there's a one-stop shop for our warehouse teams, our traffic teams to be able to see what's on the yard, what's coming in, what's scheduled to go out. And we also, we complicate a lot of things, to be honest, with the many different trailer types that we have. And sometimes that, you know, again, adds complication to daily business processes, but we're able to have a better visibility and streamlined communication on here's exactly what we need. Here's the loadouts. Where are the trailers? And then we can get a plan to come back. So I think we're seeing that some of the key metrics we're looking at is idle time, how often and how much are we able to turn a trailer in the yard and also as well as dock dwell. You know, how long does a trailer sit in the dock? And then you also have the yard controller. You know, you've got moves per hour, you've got distance. So we can really see how efficient we are there. So it sounds like you've been through a few of these rollouts, whether it was a commercial tool or a homegrown solution. For those that are thinking about getting a yard management solution, What is some advice that you could share, whether to do it in-house or buy commercial? And then what is some of the best practices for rolling it out to make sure that it's a smooth appointment? Yeah, that's a really good question. And again, like I said, it it just really depends on what type of an operation you have. If if you're a relatively small operation and you don't have multiple buildings or, or locations to worry about and try to manage 
multiple yards and multiple trailer pools, then you may not need as robust of a system. You may have a more localized operation that just suits the needs of what you're trying to accomplish at your site. If you do have a more enterprise, broader system where, you know, we've got over thousands of both company owned and rental trailers across the whole U.S., And so for us, really just looking at was that solution able to provide both the broad kind of corporate view that we would look for, but also does it enable you to drill down locally so each of our site locations can manage their own operations and trailer pools and not every site is the same. So just understanding how much customization you need is usually always one of the big challenges. I know a lot of our vendors like to call that scope creep, you know, where we start to talk about here's what we really need. And then as you start getting into it, it's the, oh, by the way, it would be really nice if it could do this, or it would be great if it could do this. So I think that is one watch out is you really have to stay focused on what are the true base functionality that you need. And then what are some of the nice-to-haves or maybe some of the future enhancements that you may look to add on later down the road? And sometimes that's hard for us because we want everything right away. We want it to work as soon as you implement it. And in reality, that's not always the case. And the second piece that I would say a key learning for us has been to ensure that we have all of our key stakeholders involved from day one, really understanding why we're doing what we're doing, what we're doing, what the objectives and how everybody plays a role, whether it's both from the warehousing side, from the transport side, but also from our yard controllers. You know, we've got very engaged, talented, smart people and making sure that they understood and could provide feedback and had a venue because a lot of times they were getting directed to make moves that didn't make sense. So it's like, okay, well, how do we still incorporate that human element into maybe what a black and white algorithm wouldn't necessarily have seen? And I would say that's definitely something you want to make sure you're you're engaging all of your key stakeholders and keeping your employees right along there with you and making sure they've got a voice in that because you'll be amazed what you learn from them. You know, they're the people that do the job every day, right? So we don't expect a system to come in and be able to outthink them on day one. That's uh, awesome advice. Thank you. So as we wrap up, what's next on the horizon for this project or any other initiatives that you might be planning for? Yeah, no, good question. So we got a lot of, as I was talking about the nice to haves, you know, I think everybody in the supply chains right now are just feeling the challenges with staffing and raw material shortages. So for us, we were really trying to take this to the next level on how can we get a little bit more visibility into our other systems from our order management systems. And is there data integration that you can do with order management systems? And even from a fill rate or from a customer lens, like how could we really use that visibility to improve customer service or to have better visibility to where all of our inventory is within the supply chain and where does it need to be and and how do we need to get there? So I think that's probably the next big one. And then again, from a raw material standpoint, being able to increase that visibility on where are the raw materials and they're going to get there in time to be able to efficiently run manufacturing. So we're pretty excited about just the potential building from here, but it's obviously going to take a little bit of a longer roadmap than just flip the switch and turn it on. And, and it's all going to automatically you know, work perfectly. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that YMS story with us. There's a lot of great information in there, and I'm sure the listeners will walk away with some good pieces of advice. Thanks again for having us.
Absolutely. Take care. That was Down to Freight, bringing you the stories and lessons from supply chain, logistics, transportation, and warehousing professionals. Listen to the other episodes in Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Down to Freight is sponsored by Vector, the leader in electronic bill of lading and logistics workflow solutions.